Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Howdy, folks. Happy Thursday. It's snowy in Buffalo. Shocking. Um, it may be snowing here tomorrow, and I might not be able to go to Henrik Lundqvist's retirement night because there might be, like, a well, foot of snow when I return, and that's I heard I heard this last night. I found this laughable. If you want to complain about like weathermen in a weather women or weather girls or whatever you want to call them in, in wherever uh, and how inaccurate they are. And they are inaccurate because weather is inherently unpredictable. They said, well, there's possibility of snow in the greater New York area. And the range was two to 20 inches. Right. You know the difference between two and 20? Two is a dusting. In Buffalo, twenty is when they call out the friggin' National Guard. Well, one of the um, Jets beat writers put quote tweeted over that and said, "Well, the Jets could win between one and seventeen games next year." And, and it's true; it's like the, <laughs> the same thing. It's like <coughs> that's I, I appreciated that. All right, so let's talk about Jake Paul. The oh, I got to get in the thing here. Boxer. Yeah. So. He's doing some good things for boxers. He's helping uh, get eyeballs on the sport. I don't know about the validity of his matches, but he's getting eyeballs on the sport. And there's, as a result, some more boxing matches being booked. And so, you know, that's good. He cares about boxers. That's good. But now um, he's talking about starting a union. And well, for, and for, he's for, already, for, he already for, said he has a diss track. For for Dana, Dana. Oh, uh, yeah, I know. yes, and and so it's like, hold on, you are going to attack that guy and all of his stable like tomorrow, and you announced it on ESPN today in a holy shirt, by the way. Even if it's the style, he had three holes in his shirt on national TV. Like I don't know, is that really the style? Someone in the chat room, tell me because I know if people saw me with three holes in my shirt. Dana I would be excoriated. Dana White, yes. Dana White, thank you. Yeah, but well, I, I don't know if it's a style. All I know is that I, the, a shirt with holes in it in my house is called a rag. Yeah. Um, now, this is the thing. The last thing I heard about Jake Paul after I saw the knockout, that did look like, you know, it looked like a dive from like a mob dive from the 1950s. Yeah. Was that him? He was trying to get Tyson to fight him in a. Yeah. Uh, and I'm like, okay. Tyson might do it because it'll be an easy $30 million, but this is the state of boxing as, as it is right now. It's just, it, it's just sort of disgraceful. And almost like, you know, it's getting to the point of almost wrestling with guys like Jake Paul. Who was the, who was the basketball player that he knocked out? I don't even care. I don't even yeah. know. It was a former Nick and he was a, and he knocked him out. It was like really, he knocked him down. The guy got up and then he like knocked him into next Tuesday. Okay. So here's the thing. So on his, on his Twitter account, Jake Paul, he's got ring girls and signs that are normally UFC signs that say F Dana White. Like, listen, dude, so he's going to war. Yeah, if you want to start a union, 
then start a union and go try and union bust the UFC uh, in a professional and legal way. To well, do it the way he did it, all he's going to do is create a ridiculous war of words. Is he trying to start a UFC union or a boxing? He said boxers union, but obviously UFC is closely related to boxing, so you know that would include them, and so that's why he's he's doing that. Something something else to consider that he said, and and this is why I can't take the guy seriously, even if he has a good heart about boxers. So first thing he said was, no, I'm in the early part of my boxing career, and nobody remembers who Mike Tyson fought in his first fight or Muhammad Ali fought in his first fight. Nobody knows. And I'm like, hold on. That sounds very Trumpian to me. I put in Mike Tyson's first fight into Google and bing, there it is. Because you know why? Everybody knew about Mike Tyson. Everybody knew about his trainer. Mike, it wasn't a big mystery. Mike Tyson didn't come out of nowhere. Everybody knew. So the fact that he is acting like all of a sudden he is like recreating the boxing world with these garbage matches, I don't know what his end game is. Yeah. And uh, just because Terry... He's right. His name was Cassius Clay in those days for his first fight. Yes. Just because Terry 3G mentioned it, I I just, you know, I I don't, I'm not getting political, but, and I never listened to Joe Rogan. Never. I've never, I've only seen clips that everybody rips him on now. Right. I've never, I I, I never watched him. I barely listened to him in news radio. I've never watched him. I've, you know, I I don't listen to him. You watch news radio? No, I never watched it. Okay. Is that the one with uh, with with Phil Hartman? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I know of it. I did. I didn't watch okay. it. If I didn't, if I did, I didn't watch it regularly. Um, but Joe Rogan is um, on Spotify. His podcast is on Spotify, and apparently, he's a vehement, rampant anti-vaxer mm-hmm. um, to the point that Neil Young, who is a pro-vaxer, apparently said, "You can pull my music off Spotify if you don't pull down Joe Rogan." And they pulled down Neil Young's music because, honestly, you can get Neil Young's music anywhere. So, mm-hmm. you know, and Rogan draws millions of listening listens to Spotify. And this is the thing. It's like, I, you know, I'm not taking a side either. I love Neil Young uh, and his music. Um, and I own a bunch of his CDs. And, but I'm for free speech. And if Joe Rogan is an idiot, which he probably is. He has the freedom. He has the free, the the ability, and the want to have his speech be heard. So okay. I, I am for free speech. However, I am not for free misinformation at the drop of a hat. If you have that many listeners and make that much money, there is a responsibility. And Howard Stern talked about it the other day. There's a responsibility when you broadcast, and there is. And wait, wait, wait. How, Howard Stern is the one. No, but, but listen, what's, what's interesting is, Mike, the only thing that he talks about that people don't like is when he talks about, you know, sexual things yeah. or things that happen in life. But when he's talking about real things that happen out in the world, he is giving real information. I'm not saying yeah. you should listen to Howard Stern for real information. I said I listened to the right. clip and what he did say makes complete sense and it is true and Joe Rogan's violating that. Yeah, I, I don't I don't wanna I don't wanna listen to Joe Rogan about vaccines and I really don't want You don't but a lot of people do and that's well, a problem. Finish. I don't and I really don't want to listen to Howard Stern talking about double anal because that's what right. he did. so anyway. Okay well, but, but the idea is he is an influencer now and a lot of people do right and it's bad that Spotify doesn't care about that, honestly. 
No, they care about making money. Yep. That's what they care about. Hello, Hockey World. Today is Thursday, January 27th, 2022. I'm Russ Cohen from Sportsology. And I'm Michael Agello. And yes, T- Terry 3G, I did have my gallon of tang today. And this is the Hockey Buzzcast here on HockeyBuzz.com. It prevents colds. Do you still have trouble buying it? Like, is it still no. readily on the shelf? No? It's readily available. Whatever happened to the special flavor you were supposed to buy for off the post? You never came through on that. It disappeared. I, I couldn't find it. The thing is, with the and with the supply chain crisis, Russ, I wonder whether it's 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 a fruit punch tang or whatever flavor it was is still out there. But maybe I maybe I'll. You need to try it. Like okay. we, that was a it was okay, a focus. I'll I'll, I'll I'll give it I'll give it a I'll give it a look again because it okay. would be, it would be good. Thank All you. right, have, we have to talk about this. It's the again, it's the gift that keeps on giving, and that's the Arizona Coyotes. And the NHL and their complete inability to realize that that area is not conducive to success in the NHL, but they're never going to give up. And Craig Morgan reported and Elliot Friedman confirmed and indicated on his uh, radio show or his spot on the Jeff Merrick show today that this is pretty much a done deal, that the Coyotes are in discussion with the Arizona State University to use their arena as a temporary home while they uh, build their building, which, by the way, is not confirmed that they're going to be able to build their building. So this might all be, you know, in case... Are you know, nerves? Right. No, it's like okay. If we get the if we get the uh, the the bid in Tempe passed, here is our fallback. But mm-hmm. Friedman Friedman revealed a couple things, and this is what I think there could be some problems with the league unless the unless the ownership of the Coyotes has already gotten it cleared through Bettman, who would do anything to keep that team in Arizona. But either him or Jeff said that uh, this could be a problem with the PA. After they do the upgrades to the building, and the the Arizona State uh, Arena has a 5,000-seat capacity. That's five, not four? Okay. It's 5,000. But if they do the upgrades that are needed to be done, I'm assuming that means for – you know, camera bays Mm -hmm. and for locker rooms and things that to make it – It is going to be four. 3,200. 3,200. Two hundred. Do you think that the PA is going to have a problem with the law? I mean, okay, the the Coyotes in their crappy state right now don't draw much at all, but they'd probably draw seven, eight thousand. You're talking about cutting that in half for not for a year, for three or four years. Now, well, three, like I reported the last time, right? It's now, at the, least three. Now, the thing, the thing is, is that this could all be contingent on them getting the deal in Tempe completed and then building the building because otherwise if they're not building the building then they're probably gone someplace else um you know merrick reported that you know it's possible that the nhl could buy back the coyotes because Mm -hmm. it, it appears that their current ownership group is only interested in building the building as part of a a, uh, a real estate deal that involves condos and things of that nature. And if they can't get that done, then the, the whole purpose of having the team is, is gone. So, I mean, Russ, we talked about this last week when the inform- mm-hmm. you got that information, mm-hmm. I of the opinion that this, you got to move this team out of Arizona. There's not, nothing is going to happen. Nothing is going to change, but the NHL just seems to keep stringing 
it along. This isn't the NHL this time. I think this is their ownership trying to say, hey, we know we don't have a deal, but and something every they have something new every month, right? To kind of string everybody along. So so this month it's this. And so, you know, the, the story gets put up, but the same basic questions still exist, like you said. And like I brought up last week, so far that Tempe deal has no interest in this ownership. Could that change? Yeah, I guess. But right now they don't. So far, um, the NHL has been absolutely said it's a no-go for teams to go into arenas that aren't NHL quality, right? right? We've heard that. And even the Coliseum had to make upgrades to get the Islanders. Now, if the upgrades here stop them from having an extra 800 seats because i thought it would be four thousand. then what are we doing here are they really going to approve it i don't think so and i think this is just like all the last ditch effort and then again like you had told me that some people think they're still play against glendale glendale has been very clear and they've been telling people listen we were not renewing the deal which they didn't they collected their money which they did they said we only need to have 20 shows there a year and we'll make the same amount of money as the Coyotes. So they're booking for that. And their plan is, is to remove the ice. Now, is there a percentage chance that could change? I guess. But the idea is they're done with the whole hockey thing. And I can't even imagine the NHL is going to change their mind. I really can't. Now, remember, and I know this because I, I had friends who who at the time lived in the, uh, in the Phoenix area and we went to a – Coyotes Leafs game. The Gila River Arena is on is in Glendale, which is west of the city. Most of the population is in the city proper and east of the city in Scottsdale, which is very hoity-toity. Tempe is right next to Scottsdale on the eastern side of Phoenix. So it makes sense for them to build it there, but if they can't get the city to sign up for it, if they if they're not, you know, giving cash to the right people it's not going to get done i mean that's the thing this is all this is all a shell game yeah I the mean, builders want it built i've heard from the builder side they want it built believe me right but the other parts of it are not in lockstep at all okay and remember remember um past instances of teams playing in limited seat capacity um I'm sure I think Flamester is in the chat. I think the Calgary Corral was only like around 10,000 when they were building the Saddle Dome in the 80s. Um, the, uh, is he that old? Does he know about that? Yeah. Oh, Flamester's old. He's older than that. Okay. <laughs> he's old. He's, I think Flamester's in his, 50, in his 50s or 60s. Um, mm -hmm. But um, so he's as old as us. Um, the he's uh, in his 60s. Na Nassau, Nassau Coliseum was. What ten or eleven thousand? But that was they. No, were, no, it was it's fourteen five the way it is now, and okay. so well, that's not bad. That's bad. No. That's that's on par with uh, with Barclay. So you know that that was a good fallback, and even then there were complaints about it not being as much as uh, you know they were losing a thousand seats or fifteen hundred seats. So I mean I don't know. I can't see them going to a building that small. For that long, and you know, it's like you know, um, Jeff Merrick said, "Well, could it be a Montreal Expo situation where you know they play half the year in 
uh, uh, Puerto Rico and half the year. I mean, if no, it gets to that, just move them. I yeah, don't. It's not happening. Um, Thomas asked for an update on that Nassau Coliseum. The update is they have the um, Long Island Nets who play there. They're a G League team, and they have concerts. That's it. That's Nassau Coliseum now. That's that's, and that's what Gila River is going to be. Exactly the same thing. They're going to operate exactly the same way because it was costing them more money to have people working there for more games to have a place half full, not even half full. Yeah. So um, just touching on something we mentioned at the end of the show yesterday. So Aaron Dell got three games for the uh, play on uh, for the interference on Drake Batherson. Uh, DJ Smith, the coach of the Ottawa Senators, said that Batherson, it's a high ankle sprain, which in a way is probably worse than a broken bone. Yeah, because he, that's going to bother him the whole year. Yeah, he, they said he's out probably for a couple months. So that is sent. That essentially uh, derails his season. So yeah, that needed to be a five-game suspension. Three is not enough. There's no reason for a goalie to make that play. He didn't have to. And again, and if we're going to call that if we're going to call that interference, Mike. If somebody comes down the street and does that to you, you're going to call that assault, not interference. And he has a history of that. Apparently, he did it to Mark Stone. Uh, you know, in his career, he did it. To- uh, early in the season against Nashville. The funny thing is this puts Buffalo in a really precarious position because they don't have any goalies. Lukanen's hurt. Uh, we had Joe Yurden on, on Tuesday. Lukanen's out week to week. Um, Craig Anderson and Tukarski are skating, but they're still on IR. My, right now they have Michael Hauser. So Michael Hauser is going to have to play the next three three games while well, Dell. Tukarski's skating now. I did right. see that. right. But uh, Joe said that he's still having headaches. And Anderson was a neck or or concussion. We don't know for sure. And he's skating. But, you know, can he be the backup? Or do they have to go out? And it's not an e-bug from, like, Buffalo State. So, you know, David Ayers is available. Yeah. But he doesn't want to cross the border. They'll get someone from, like, Buff State or something. (laughs) Whatever. I said, I got my pads in my shed. Yeah, you got your own equipment. I got, I got my double runners. All right. Let's talk. Okay. Let's talk about some of the games last night. Um, we're not going to do a full hour show today. No. Um, we'll be back tomorrow with, a, with Kevin Allen and Eck and probably, talk, probably talking about the Western Conference. Which would be um, the bomb Genesis version of the show. The what? The bomb Genesis. You know, the snow storm that they're, they're going to call it. They're calling it a bomb Genesis. Oh, like 40 mile an hour winds and. Put these names away. Jesus Christ, the bomb gen. Okay. Um, so last night I checked. I, last night I watched the complete uh, Leafs Ducks game. Again, stra- still strange after fans were back in the building to go back to empty arenas. I really, you know, I'm, I'm not going to attack the province of Ontario, but when you have full buildings in the U.S., and you have partial buildings in other areas in Canada, and you have no fans at all, and this phased return—it's asinine. It's and and you know it's going to cost all NHL teams next year because the lost revenue, which is probably like twenty-five million dollars, is going to probably prevent the NHL from increasing their salary cap. And I don't think that not having fans in buildings is going to prevent the widespread of Omicron. It's spread out all over the place. So, you know, bad on Ontario. I disagree with it, but whatever. Um, but last night, um, 
it was a dominant performance by the Leafs in the sense that they had 44 shots on goal uh, and John Gibson was in, was phenomenal. So nobody, please, nobody tell me that John Gibson is not great. He's great. Nobody on this panel will tell you that. Yeah, but yeah, somebody, somebody else who we have occasionally on the show will, will say he's not, uh, he's not the greatest. But 44 shots on goal, he makes 41 saves. Uh, Jack Campbell faces 20 shots, and I'm not putting this all on him, but no. he has not been sharp, really sharp, since the beginning of December. I looked up his stats. His record is really good, 8-2-2. Two, two. His save percentage is over 3, and his, goal, and his uh, goals against is 3.12. So he's below average since then. He's allowed to dip a little, right? Yeah, I'm I'm not. He's played a lot more games than anybody thought he was going to play. So I think it's physical and mental fatigue, a a combination of the two. But the Leafs were up three to one. Where we heard this before, they give up a goal late in the second period. They give up the tying goal to Kevin Shattenkirk. They come back. They win in the shootout. But Russ, that's the fifth time in seven games they've had a three-one lead at certain points of the game and have blown it. This time they win, but it's not a good trend. No, it's not. Um, you know, just looking at the list, like from Money Puck, which basically that's got like save percentage on unblocked shots and expected goals and everything. Jack Campbell's actually one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, ninth most effective. Um, Billy Huso is just ahead of him, but he only has played 13 games, to be fair. Freddie Anderson, regular season Freddie, is third. Uh, Tristan Jarry is fifth. Uh, the number one guy is Igor Shesterkin, and I can't find the other potential. Oh, there he is, Ilya Sorokin, behind Robin Leonard. Wow. The two Russians. The Hart, the Hart, the Hart and Vesna trophy winner. No, no, but you remember, like, Sorokin and, 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 and Shesterkin were going to be neck and neck. Yeah. Um, but uh, somebody's, somebody's neck is shorter, Mike. But uh, um, so the and one interesting thing, and, and I didn't notice this because I was basically busily typing in that the Leafs had won four to three in a shootout. Um, Ricard Raquel was stopped by Campbell on the final shot and uh, giving the Leafs the victory. And then after Campbell had kicked out the puck, Raquel reflexively uh, uh, shot the puck into the net. Mm. Um, and Campbell, I guess, was so nonplussed about it that he just shrugged and celebrated. But it was just sort of weird. It's like, you know, that they, that's something that, like, if there were fans in the stand, there probably would have been, been booing or there would have maybe been some reaction from the other team. But um, I just, the, the interesting thing about this, Russ, is that, okay, the Leafs are 26 10 and 3. They're on the pace for 116 points, and they're on pace to finish third in that division. So far. Well, yeah, yeah, and I'm just saying, I mean, right now, uh, right now, Florida is on pace for like 120, and Tampa's on pace for 117. Some of those teams could slow down a little. Yeah, I mean, but, I mean, they're so good right now. I mean, yes. They get one of them could have a dip. I don't think two of them will have a dip, but no, that's the that that's the issue with the Leafs right now is that they can have a fantastic regular season, finish behind those two teams and lose in the first round, and then everybody's going to say, so "Well, here's an interesting grouping, Mike, um, for goals saved above expected per sixty. 
Um, and this isn't the top, top guys, because the top, top guys like Shesterkin and whatever. But but I found a grouping of Anderson, Merzlikens, Campbell, Kemper, Hart, Quick, Jerry, Gibson, Leonard, Ned Yelkovic. And, that's an, and then and then Demko. That's an interesting grouping. And it, it does show that, again, Carolina, uh, yes, you upgraded in goal, but you gave a good goalie away to Detroit. Uh, it shows that. And then it also shows that, um, that Gibson's right in there with a lot of the really good goalies. Ms. Lickens is too. So it is an interesting grouping, but like Shesterkin was ahead of them. And, you know, that's there were some other guys that were – very ahead of those guys, but that was like the next level grouping. A, a lot of questions are going to have to be answered by the management of the Carolina Hurricanes. If they lose in the first round this year with Ronta and Anderson and yeah. Yelkovic has a great year with a rebuilding wings team. And they'll, they'll have to answer the question of what, what was it that you thought Nadjelkovic was not good? Right. Um, it was just your, you know, being cheap skates and not wanting to pay him after having a pretty good year. I mean, I, here's, I, here's a here's a little guide as to how you know you may have made a mistake. How long was he on waivers until Steve Eiserman said we'll take him? It was like seemed like ten minutes. He took him. Well, he, wasn't, he wasn't on waivers when they traded him. Oh, he wasn't. Okay. No, so no, he was on. What, waivers. Did, what did they trade for him? A third round pick. A third round, but he. But that happened pretty quick when he fell out of favor, right? Well, it, it was before it was before he was gonna he was gonna file for arbitration. That's, That's what, what it was. was. Yeah, no, no, he was on waivers. Yeah. He was on waivers earlier in the year when he basically right. only right. played uh, for Charlotte. But yeah, no, I mean, so when a guy like Eisman's willing to to grab him because you no longer have use for him, you know, and you you gave him a gift like this is a team. Yeah. Detroit literally told the world, and Eiserman said it, and Kevin Allen said it many times, we are looking for a goalie. Carolina's mm-hmm. like, here, take this guy for a third rounder. Nijelkovic buys them two or three years. Yeah. Kosa's ready. Yeah. So but it's just like you gave it to him, and you're right. If if Anderson flutters in the playoffs at all, all you have to do is go back and look at that. Um, some other games last night. The Calgary Flames beat San, uh, beat the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets six nothing. Hold up your pad. What's that? Hold up your uh, steno pad there. Oh, well, for Columbus. Oh yeah, I watched a little of that. It's it's not even close, man. That team is done, done, done. Sixty two shots on goal for the Flames. They've oh. scored thirteen goals in their last two games. So you know they. They've got a lot of games to make up. They're only at 38 games right now, while most of the teams are past the halfway point. So they were um, like a JV team last night. And Matthew Kachuk has gone nuts. Now he's um, he's at, he's definitely on a salary drive. Now he's got 20, oh, yeah. and yeah. he's an RFA at the end of the year. So you know, right now he's in. Right now he's 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 uh, in pretty decent shape. Listen, um, I'll tell you what I would do if I were Calgary. If he's really not coming back, I would. Go to St. Louis and say, give me Perinovich and a pick, and I'll do the trade. Oh, for 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 Matthew Kachuk. Yeah, but not not right now. No, no, no. At, you know, at the end of the year, summer, whatever, that's the trade I would make. You give me a high pick and Perinovich, and you could have him. Funky, is he in the top ten? Nope. Okay. Well, it's good to know. We appreciate it. 
Yes. Uh, other games, Sharks beat the Capitals 4-1. to one. Uh, We sort of missed it uh, a couple days ago, but Eric Carlson found finds himself where he normally is, which is on IR. Yeah. Uh, he just he was having a good year, let's be fair. Having very good, he was having a very good year, but he just can't stay healthy. And this is like a forearm injury, right? It had nothing to do yeah, with his leg. Right. It's, and they said like two months, so it, yeah. I mean, it's unfortunate, but yeah, I mean, there are just some, there are just some players that uh, <laughs> top ten in Mike's black heart. Thank you. <laughs> yes, um, the Blackhawks beat the Red Wings eight to Wait, five. Hold on, hold on, there was more to talk about there. So yeah. we we still we have to talk about the fact that now Washington, uh, not Washington, um, Chicago called up Colin Delia. And so you do wonder now, is there a quick trade going to happen with Flurry going to the Capitals? It does seem like this could happen fast. It's possible, although, you know, you know it is also possible. There are teams that are right up against it when it comes to goaltending, um, like Buffalo. And maybe that maybe Colin Delia is being called up so he could be traded. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, it, I don't think so. I think this is, I think they've probably spoken to Flurry. And he's probably given him a few teams that he would like to go to. And if Washington's one of them, I think they could be in pretty good acceleration mode here. Because because like Kevin said yesterday, McClellan is pretty good at working undercover. Yeah. And and I do feel like we're going to wake up in the next day or two or three and Flurry is, is a, a capital. That's now, the other game, the game I watched uh, a little bit of uh, last night was uh, Colorado and the Bruins. And, you know, Twitter went uh, – Bonkers when uh, when McKinnon got hit by Taylor Hall, which is odd because usually Taylor Hall is the one getting hit, yes, and the one getting hurt. Um, it I I have not heard anything about the Department of Player Safety being called. It ended up being mm-hmm. a two minute minor for um, I don't know it was interference or whatever. No, somebody said it was five minutes. I thought. Well, they reviewed it and I saw it was a two minute penalty. Okay. Maybe they thought it was going to be five. And they thought it was going to be five, but then they saw that actually what happened was Hall hit McKinnon's stick into his face, into right. his body. That's what caused the – because he went for the far shoulder, and it was a clean hit. Like, that's a clean hit. Right. I mean, if he had, if the shoulder had hit his head or hit his yeah, – Like Bilsey said, they called it a five-minute major so they could review it. That's fine. I knew it was – I knew there was a five-minute thing in there somewhere. Yeah. So – uh, in the end, the Avs, as they continue to do, um, win at home. Uh, they were down. They came back and won four to three. They had like twenty-two and three at home or something. Yeah, it's it's insane. Um, they're they've won seventeen in a row at home. Um, now here's the question. They were just talking about this. Uh, is that you know they like Kemper? They gave up the first round pick for him. They like Francis, but you know his he's had injuries. They would per, maybe prefer to stay with their goaltending, and maybe add. You know, there's been some Claude rumors out there. We don't know what. Yeah, I know they've been scouting them. Right. I I don't know whether I don't know whether that's going to come to fruition because Giroux's contract is so big. But I really think that Joe Sackick is risking a lot if he doesn't go out and get a goaltender. Because if if the reason that they don't win is a goaltender, he's going to look silly. Yeah, but he did upgrade the position, and he does have Francis playing good hockey. So maybe at the very end of the trading deadline, he's going to pick up someone like, you know, not Craig Anderson, but somebody like that. 
just to have him in there. I mean, he, he probably will do that rather than give up big assets. But I do think he's still going to make a big move. Uh, look, Owen Byram's still out, man. He still has post-concussion. That's tough. So people kind of including Bowen Byram in trades, I don't think that's going to happen because we, we have to make sure he can still play hockey. I'm hopeful for that. But, they, you know, we read this article, what it say, over the summer he was, he was contemplating not playing hockey anymore because of the way he felt. But, you know, came back and, you know, now he's out. So, so there's that. We – I think they will look at Giroux and make an offer for Giroux. But, you know, Fletcher at the press conference was basically said it's up to Giroux. So he is not going to trade him just to get assets, it looks like. He is either going to let Giroux play through the season or demand to be traded. Fletcher's going to kind of hang back on that. That's the way it looks. So that lends me to believe that they probably have an idea of what Giroux is looking for next year. And I think that's why Fletcher's playing this game. I know Kevin said that, you know, the Flyers may not be able to afford Giroux, but I'm sure Fletcher has let Pepperson in on what he is going to do as far as salary cap, because he basically said in the press conference, I speak to Pepperson, I think he said weekly. So because of the amount of players that the Flyers have under, you know, Brisson's agency. So based on that, Mike, I think both parties probably know exactly what's going to happen. And it really is going to be up to Giroux whether he decides he wants to get traded or not. He's got, you know, a young kid in the area. He likes the area. So I know everybody's always saying, well, you're always going to go try and chase the cup. He might, but he just may not do it this year. Well, the interesting thing is that, I mean, we saw there was a contract signed yesterday that might be sort of an indicator of what Philadelphia would want Giroux to do. Now, the thing is, uh, Jeff Carter signed a two-year deal at $3.125 million. A, a smart deal. It's a smart deal, two-year deal, and we'll talk about that in a second. But he was making about almost six, and his deal was one of those long monster deals, You know, the deal that he signed with the Flyers before he got traded to Columbus, before he yeah. got to L.A. and then to Pittsburgh. Um, Giroux is making over eight. Flyers probably, if they're going to keep him, would want him to take probably – four, four and a half for a couple yeah, of years. I think they'll go higher than that. I think five, maybe I think give him five. I think five is like the, we'll give you five. It's respectable. We'll give you like five by four, something like that. You think they would give him four years? I do. Um, I mean, that might get it done, but it's, again, I think there was some subterfuge in that press conference, Mike. I think today you have to say Travis Connect is part of the core. You have to say it because he's on the team and you may not be able to trade him. But as badly as he's played since his last playoffs, I think that it is time for him to get a change of scenery. And I do think teams would be interested. And you heard Kevin. Kevin said teams would definitely be interested. So you know you could trade him, get good players or assets or a mix, and have the salary then to pay for Giroux and start to worrying about paying Couturier and stuff. You, you do have guys dropping off. You've got to trade Braun and – you know, you're going to save on Martin Jones not being there. Sandstrom's, you know, making entry level. Like, there's there's way to save money. And possibly trading Ristolainen, So Yeah, Ristolainen could be off the books at that point. Or maybe they even trade somebody else we're not expecting. I, I don't think they would trade Provorov, but you never know. Uh, so, you know, we'll see how all of that goes. But, but I think that's the start of it. 
So as I mentioned, Carter signs a two-year deal with the Penguins, $3.125 million AAV. Um, when I talked to you earlier, I said, I think this is Malkin insurance. And it might yes. also be Evan Rodriguez insurance because Rodriguez has filled in for both Crosby and Malkin while they were hurt and recovering. He's had a really good year. But and honestly, after seeing him play um, for uh, Buffalo for years, yeah, I think he's a better player than he is you know, was, was in Buffalo. I still don't think he's a great player, but he's taken advantage of an opportunity and he's a UFA making a million bucks. And based on the year he's having, and based on the position that he plays for us center and how center is very thin, he could turn this into a three-year deal, making significant money. And, you know, they have to basically insure themselves against either Malkin retiring or leaving or uh, or Evan Rodriguez going someplace else, and would he at, take like two and a half or four years to stay in Pittsburgh? He might. Who Rodriguez? Yeah. Do you think that they would offer that that lower money, not two and a half, but lower money to Malkin first? I would think that they would. Well, I think I don't think you could offer that low to Malkin. It, it's going to no, 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 not not that amount. Oh, but I'm saying just a lower amount. Yeah, lower. I think so. Yeah. And and if that's the case, then you have then you have Crosby, Malkin, Carter. You're a little long in the tooth up the middle, but still, it's pretty good. And and we're all ta we're talking here about Pittsburgh maintaining their window. All they're talking about is extending their window. Here. Right. They've got these guys. You know, as long as you have Crosby and you have and you have Malkin and you have Latang and you have Carter, uh, a couple other players. I mean, they may lose a guy like Brian Rust. Rust, they can't. They may can't afford. They can't lose Brian Rust. It's impossible. <laughs> but, but, but I'm saying they may not be able to afford him. No, I get it. I mean, look, this is all like, kind of like the situation when you had a temporary crown, and it could all come crumbling down at any moment. What? And and, and the and the Pittsburgh Penguins are the chicken finger that I ate when I broke my crown. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, that's a that's a good story that I'll share some other time, folks. <laughs> <laughs> and believe me, I'm still dealing with it right now. Um, okay, so uh, Irfan Gaffar, who covers the Oilers, uh, says that he believes that there will no be be no further discipline from the NHL on Evander Kane. This was reported about an hour ago, and that he after will, all that, okay. after all that. And that he will be heading to Edmonton to sign with the Oilers. Announcement from the league and the team could come as early as today, likely tomorrow. Um, so I don't think Yippee. this. Yeah, I don't think this changes the narrative much with the Oilers. The problem with the Oilers is not scoring. No, but they're just going to try and outscore everybody now because they have right. nothing else left to try and do. Yeah, great. Okay, so now, so now you have. Zach Hyman and Evander Kane on the left wing. You have uh, Dreisaitl and McDavid at center. At least you should have Dreisaitl and McDavid at center. Um, and you know, probably Nugent Hopkins and, you know, uh, um, uh, Pugliarvi on the right wing. Those are two great, two great top lines. That's fantastic. I'm going to go with the same. Go ahead. Sorry. I don't know if you're third and fourth line blow your, your defense is thin and your goaltending sucks. Other than that, you're fine. Yeah, I mean, they're going to have to outscore the competition. It's the same thing that I said like two months ago that like when the Flyers put Martin Jones in net, you have to score four goals. You do, or you're going to not win most of those games. 
And again, like the other night against the Islanders, the Islanders scored four. They won the game. And even Mike Yo actually said something like that post game, like, you know, I thought with three goals, we were pretty good. All he had to do was talk to me, and I would have told him, you're not good with three goals with Martin Jones in there. It's obvious. So it's the same thing with Koskinen, right? It's like if you score four, four goals with Koskinen or even Mike Smith and net, you'll win most of your games, like a good percentage, probably like 60%, maybe 55 And you might be able to hold on to your spot and a lousy Pacific and get in the playoffs. But that's if you can do that. And again, what, there's like two or three teams in the league that are doing it, Florida, who – who, uh, who did Kevin say the other day? It was Florida. There's a few teams that are getting more than four lately. Uh, Florida, Colorado. Colorado. Yeah. I, they Toronto, might be the only two. Yeah, Toronto's close to it, but not. Yeah. So yeah. that's how much of a high-octane high, high offense they're going to have to have to do that. And, yeah, you know, Kane can play some defense and maybe prevent an occasional goal or two from happening with team defense, but listen, they're just at this point, they'll take anything. Yeah. So, um, we can take questions from the chat room. Too, yeah. Right? I, I put it out there. Let's see. If you we did. Okay. have a few here. Uh, Esmer asked, does Lindy Ruff survive the season or does he get fired by New Jersey? He, I think he survives the season and then gets fired. Yeah. He'll survive the season and get fired because at this point, everybody knows they're pretty much done. What's the point of paying another guy? Josh Harris is not going to pay another guy. Uh, goalie FP, I'm curious who the Rangers will get. I would love to get Hurdle and one of Sherratt or Giordano. Could that happen? I mean, I think Sherratt is possible, and I do think Hurdle is possible. Hurdle, of course, San Jose is going to have to eat some money. Um, but I do think both are possible. I think even getting both of them is possible if both of the other teams comply and eat some salary cap to get some young assets like Kratzoff and a pick and maybe Lundqvist to make that happen. <laughs> I saw that. That was good. So, again, I do think we could see that. <coughs> and, you know, that would – if the Rangers were able to do that, that would put them in a different position heading into the last part of the season. Even if they don't get that much higher in the Metro, they'll be that much more dangerous in the playoffs. Um, Kevin talked about Zadina yesterday. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he's, he is not, he is not living up to the expectations. Um, but I don't think I see the thing is Iserman is not the type of guy who's going to just jettison some guy. Um, he might trade him for somebody else who's not working out in the place that they're playing right now sort of like to to get you know like this guy isn't the same age as Zadina but they're like sort of like what um you know like Washington did with Brett Connolly who was a high draft pick it's like okay he he got a chance to play someplace else and he was effective I don't know who that would be I'd have to look at the 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 drafts around Zadina and see if there was a higher pick but um that is a higher pick for what a player who was a higher pick that isn't working out in their current location that maybe it would be a match for Zadina because he's a high pick. The only one would be Barrett Hayton. Yes. That's a good that's a good that's a good example. Yeah, Barrett Hayton is around the same age. So yep. yeah. So um, if you get a swap for them, you know, the the plus side of doing that is you're getting a center for Steve Eiserman and it's not like it's really ever going to hurt you. You don't even know where 
that team, <laughs> the Coyotes, are going to be in the next few years. So um, that's not that far-fetched, actually. No. Let's tackle this one. Which non-rental right-side defenseman do you think the Leafs could go after and what it possibly takes to get any of them? Okay, first of all, this is based off of the report that CJ, Chris Johnston, uh, reported that the Leafs, if they're looking to upgrade their blue line, which I think everybody thinks that they will, Mm-hmm. that they'd look for a non-rental as opposed to a rental. The non-rental that was mentioned last week by Elliot Friedman and by Darren Drager was Sherratt, which I was skeptical of until I talked to Pete Tessier, and he said that Sherratt played the right side in Winnipeg and has played some right D in Montreal, um, so he could play the right side. Um, I think they need a righty, uh, and according to CJ, they're, they they would prefer to get somebody with term. Um, gee, so would we all. But, I mean, I yeah, think they would not be able to pull that off, though. I think what they're saying is if we're going to give up our one, we yeah. want somebody who's a solution for multiple years and not just for the, the, la- you know, the last 25 games. I mean, and I'll give you the trade right now. Well, I mean, the, na- the name that we've both mentioned – but it's a question of whether he's a right fit is Damon Severson. Yeah, I don't think he's available though. That's the thing. Right. I mean, he has been he has been available in the past. Yeah, but, but he's it, having a really good year now. Okay. So what were you gonna say? Oh, I'm, I'm just looking up Severson. I know I have him on my fantasy team, so I know he's having a really good year. He um yeah, he's got 19 points in 39 games. So I still don't think they're gonna do it because they have cost certainty with him. I'm gonna say one that you will hate. But Justin Braun for a third round pick satisfies. He's that. not, a, but he's a, he's a rental. He's a right-handed shot. Yeah, but he's a rental. We're talking about a non-rental. No, but you're, you may not be able to get a non-rental. Is my let's, point. let's go. Let's go along with the question here. Is mm-hmm. there a not? Is there a non-rental right-hand shot defenseman that would fit that description? Severson is one, but yeah, yeah. With Severson for a first. I don't think they would do. You're going to have to do better than that. Right, they may have to offer more than that, but then that's the thing. It's like when they traded for Muzzin, it was, I think it was Trevor Moore a first, and uh, no, I, it's tough because they made two deals with the Kings. One was for Clifford and Campbell. The other one was for Muzzin. I know in the Muzzin deal they gave up a one, which turned out to be Bjornfoot and Dursey, and there was one other player. I think it was Moore. Yeah, Severson's uh, got another year at five million. It was Grunstrom. That's what it was. Grunstrom, Jersey, and a and a one. Yeah. Did you hear what I said? No, no. Severson has another year at five million. So it's like, no, he's his devil. his AAV is four point one, but his money is five. His money's five, so it's a little less AAV. But the idea is, so based on that cost certainty, if the Devils get rid of him. It's going to cost them more to, to replace them. That's why I don't think them, they're going to do it. Right. El Guapo asks. Uh, I'm sorry. Every time I hear El Guapo, it says, I'm going to fill you so with so much lead that you're going to be able to use your bleep as a pencil. <laughs> I love that line. Um, do you think that the NHL will ever go back to the full two-minute penalty regardless of the other team scores, which is like a two-minute major, basically? Yes. No. I think they could. I think it's okay. possible. Okay. 
and not likely, but possible. We know how once they change a rule, how because that was the rule back. That was the anti-Montreal Canadiens rule, I believe. It was like the Habs yeah. of the fifties and sixties. They scored so many goals on the power play. They wanted to take away the advantage. So, um, okay, Funky asks, which team will sign Eric Stahl after the Olympics? It won't be the Minnesota Wild. No, actually, one thing about the Wild, since we you mentioned the name, so. There's two two things going on with them. Kaprizov is on pace to have a hundred point season, which nobody's ever had in the history of that team, including Marion Gabra. So just to show you how much you know how much impact he's had, everybody kept asking me on this show for years, and especially what how good is Kaprizov? Well, we know how good. Now well, you know. Which team will sign Eric Stahl after the Olympics? If you remember the rumors before he got traded to Montreal last year, there was some talk about him going to play with Jordan in Carolina. So if I was going to guess, I would say that. Yeah, I would say Carolina. The other thing um, I would say about the wild is I just saw, and I can't remember the guy's name. Uh, if I can give proper credit here, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. Uh, yeah. So there was a piece. And, uh, hold on. Getting this there. <laughs> well, so while you're looking that up, Brett Marshall. There's a guy named Brett Marshall who um, who wrote that since Matt Boldy has gotten to Minnesota, that Kevin Fiala has now started to pick everything up. And I said it's not a real surprise. Matt Boldy is supremely talented. Skate. He's he's much better skater than he used to be. He's really good in the corners and he wins puck battles. So this is another reason why I told you I was so high in the wild because they had rookies that were on the verge. And now Matt Boldy may be there to stay and he's already helping ignite another player. So well, the, the, it's funny that the rumors when the Eichel trade was going down and that Minnesota was interested, the, the names that were coming out of Minnesota or the names that the, the Sabres supposedly wanted out of Minnesota were Rossi and Boldy. Yeah. And yeah, like, of course. Um, I'll just answer this question silently. Um, let's see here. Any more questions? But Mike, that's bad for the podcast. Yeah. Sorry. I held my, it's over sign. Um, Mike, the question, you didn't say what the question was. Do the Islanders still have a chance? No, it's over. Uh, Mike says, when is the first flyer trade? Well, let's, uh, let's specify this. What is the first Islander trade? Are the flyers flyers trade? trade? Um, I think it'll be Martin Jones. Because goalie's uh, situations in the in the league. No, I think they'll wait on Jones simply because of like goalie rotation and the complications of who they're bringing up. And I think it'll, be, think it'll be Braun. I do think it's going to be Braun. I think he's going to be the first one. He's been playing really, really tough, good hockey for like a month now, and blocking shots, playing minutes. He's not getting hurt. He's not even getting gassed like he was earlier in the year. And I just feel like at some point they're just going to, you know, he, he had, he had given a sign a couple of weeks ago when he was talking about how things were when the, before the Flyers played the Sharks, how that team was compared to the Flyers team as far as, you know, about winning. And so I do feel like at some point he'll be the first to go, not because of what he said, but to sort of reward him and to get the most out of him. I think Giroux will take to the last possible second Martin Jones could take until the last possible second. And then Ristolainen will, will 
I think we're going to know that one pretty quick because Fletcher in the press conference, you know, said that he will talk to him. And I do think he's going to talk to him soon. Like I do think in the next week or so, he's well, going to talk to him. They said that they said that, that uh, Fletcher was going to talk to Brisson, who is Giroux's agent at the all-star game. So maybe they'll do the same thing for Risto Lane and them. Exactly. And then they'll get an idea of whether there's a chance that they can re-sign him or not. And if not, then I think that the interest will pick up and the, the talks in terms of trades will begin in earnest. Um, but to, again, Fletcher reiterated that he traded for him to sign him. Doesn't mean he's going to be able to, but it does mean he's going to put a real good offer out there for Ristolain and Mike. That's the only thing. Um, a report uh, coming out of Vancouver, out of the Globe and Mail, uh, Jake Vertanen, former Canuck, charged with sexual assault in relation to an incident that occurred in Vancouver in September of 2017 when he played for the Canucks. They're launching an investigation. Bertanen's playing in the KHL right now. And, and he didn't make the roster, did he? No, he didn't. Supposedly he was in the mix for Team Canada, but I'll bet you anything. This that kept they, him out of it. No, I'll bet you anything. They they were given a heads up by some. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah, they knew about this. Yeah. Uh, Thomas Boyle, we'll take a couple more here. Thomas Boyle, do you see the Jackets making changes to their coaching staff or GM position? No, they just hired Larson. So Yeah, no, I, I think Yarmo has done a good job there. I mean, again, we've all heard that players don't want to play there on the whole, so it's hard. He's got to get guys with term. He's drafted well. A lot of guys that he's drafted are in the lineup. So I, I don't think he, he's in any danger, honestly. Right. And JD is there now, right? And right. and he's a big Yarmo guy. So I think until JD starts questioning Yarmo, I think everything's safe there. If if anything, the, the, this team has overachieved. A lot of people thought they were going to be as bad as Buffalo and Arizona, and they played right. better than that. So and that's the tact I think they will take when they end their season and have that little chat with everybody. Yeah, and I'm sort of jumping here to Terry's question, but he's like one substantial forward or defenseman who could be shockingly moved at the deadline. I'll tie that in with Columbus, and I'll say Line. I think Line. Oh, is. he's going to get moved. Yeah. Um, can the league veto a trade? Esmir asks, can the league veto a trade um, if they don't like the deal that Arizona makes involving Chikrin? Yeah, they have the right to they have the right to negate the deal if it's when's the last time they did that? They haven't done that in a long. They well, they did. What was it the Dale McCourt deal? Yeah, in the seventies. Yeah, like if all of a sudden my Bill Armstrong gives up Chicken for a seventh round pick, they're negating the deal. But it's not. Right. That's not going to happen. So. It's not going to happen. They all know that they'll have to, you know, receive the Fuhrer of Gary Bettman, and they don't want that. So they won't do that. I will throw a rumor into the mill here, though. Because I was on the show last night, and the fact that Chuck Fletcher was so adamant saying that they do need a scorer made me think that they might go after Line A. Possible. Because you know, what if you do trade Connecty for Line A? Maybe. You, well, yeah, that's true. I mean, right? well, even let's say you're not keeping Giroux, right? Could that could that be a signal that we're going to go after Giroux? We're going to go after Goudreau in the off season. No, because I think he's going to – Goudreau's re-signing with Calgary. Okay. I do. So let's just say this, though. So you trade Connecty, you bring in Line A, you sign Line A. I think that's possible. If Giroux stays, then you can't keep Bristol Lane in, and maybe they know that at the All-Star break. But if Giroux goes, then you probably can keep Bristol Lane in, and a lot of other salary 
drops off and you still have to worry about the guys getting their raises, but I think they'll figure it out. And if one other player has to get traded, then that's what they'll do. But I do think Line a is the kind of guy that they're going to look at because they, how high of a draft pick do you think they would give a team like Arizona to take the final year of JVR off their hands? I don't think they would give up whatever their pick's going to be, whether it's going to be 8, 9, 10, 11. So you're saying a 1. They'd have to give up a 1. Yeah, and I don't think they would do that. But they yeah, are. I, I think Arizona would take a I think Arizona would take a 2 for that because remember, they need to get over the cap floor next. Yeah, year. but I don't even know if they have a 2 this year because they've traded some picks. Mm. So, we'd have to look that up, but I'll, I'll look it up quickly. Look it up, but I think the other thing that Fletcher was throwing out there, which he threw out their last draft but didn't do it, is they would trade their draft pick for a player. So if somebody offers a player, they would trade the draft pick. They don't have a two for the next two years. Yeah, see, I, I had a feeling. So that's why he probably will only trade the one for a player because he's got to get something tangible. Yeah. All right, uh, last one here. Um, let's see here. Alexander, so do you think the Sharks will trade Hurdle at the trade deadline if they're still in the playoff race? I think that all depends on what the final resolution of the Kane situation is because yes. if they end up, uh, having to pay some of that salary and like in a sort of a buyout scenario or they're on the hook for it all, um, then they can't afford to. But if, if, if they cleanse that $7 million for the next three years and, and Hurdle's having a good year this year and he, if he wants to stay, then sure. But I think, honestly, if they're truly in it, they'll walk him out the door and they'll just trade his rights. I, I believe that. You mean they'll keep him for the rest they'll of the keep year? Keep him for the rest of the year. Right. I don't want to use the term that everybody uses because I hate the term. But I well, think they keep him for the for the rest of the year. Oh, well, I mean to walk him to free agency? You hate no, that? the own rental below. Oh, I'll pl- well, please. Yeah, yeah, that's that's horse crap. I hate that term. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with another edition of the Hockey Buzzcast for Russ Cohen. I'm Michael Agello. Thanks for watching. And remember, without the buzz, it's just hockey. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.